book is my all-sufficient guide for faith and conduct. Convinced the living water changes everything one life at a time. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray as we open and read your word that your spirit will speak to us. That, Lord, wherever we are in our relationship with you, that you would draw us closer. Lord, that we would be more reliant upon your spirit. That we would be more available to hear your voice. That we would be more ready to be filled with your power. That we would be ready to speak, to act, to do whatever the Spirit of God is asking us to do. God, I pray you would open our ears, open our hearts, and cause us to become men and women and children of God that would be people of action, Lord, as we present the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we're getting ready to start into our new series this morning. It is called The Power of God. There is, it's unique and it's so ironic in our country. Never before has there been more reality shows and more of these, quote, uh, reality living on TV and everywhere else, and never has there been a time when it has been more false smoke and mirrors in history. You realize any reality show, just by the fact that they know people are going to watch them, is no reality at all. Do we all understand that? So they can say that it's reality, but it's not reality. I am just flabbergasted how much people want to talk about reality, yet we have our head in the sand, yet everything in our country is done with smoke and mirrors, including our financial institutions. But God has all that in his hand. But there is one thing that hasn't changed. God. The power of God is still the same. The power of God is still available. The power of God still reaches the worst sinner, saves him, sanctifies him, sets him on a different path, and fills him with the Holy Spirit for his glory. The same God is available to all who would call upon his name. I want to talk to you in this series about unlocking and unleashing his power for daily living. It seems like sometimes even in the circles of the church, we talk about what we say is reality, but we really lack any power for our daily life. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 5, Paul warns us that in the last days, that the, those would be filled with religion, they'd be filled with an a, a, uh, awareness or a, a looking of what is God, but it has no power. That's not of God. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is life. Even when there's dead bones 
as in Ezekiel. When the Spirit of God moves on the scene, there's life in Jesus' name. There's a difference in Jesus' name. And people do not come into the church and just become transformed because of the leadership or the music or, or how good that we put things together. They come and they experience, and how is it that they receive Jesus? By the Spirit of God. And if the Spirit of God is lacking in our services, all we're creating is followers, not disciples. All we're creating is club members. Our attendance may be going up, but are we seeing transformational power in the lives of people? That's what God wants to see. God is all about taking a life that is void of anything of God and totally rearranging it and filling them so much with God that they cannot contain themselves. Ah, Pastor Brian, come on. I want to talk about unlocking and unleashing the power of God in your daily life. And as we go through this series, we're going to be talking about many facets and aspects of the power of God. I will not exhaust them because it's like the name of God. You cannot exhaust the power of God. But we're going to hit on key things that we need to be experiencing and knowing and need to be a reality in our Christian life. Not by smoke and mirrors, but by the reality of what God and who God is. Amen? Amen. So let's look at our scripture verse. Guys, if you can help me. I want to speak to you on three specific points this morning as we look through these uh, portions of scripture. You're going to notice I've broken these specifically into three slides, each one of them being the scriptures that we're going to use for the points. Point number one is the facts. Point number two will be the reality. Point number three will be the choice. The facts, the reality, the choice. So let's look at God's word found in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, we are going to start at verse number 5. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death. But the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God. It does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, 
He does not belong to him. And if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brethren, we are under obligation not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Praise the Lord. Praise God for His Word. Praise God for the power of his word. So the first thing we're going to look at today, uh, one of my absolute first time when I was little, long time ago, yes, it's going to date me, shows. First police show I ever got into. All of you who know this person know who I'm talking about. And know the show is Dragnet. And every time he got ready to talk to somebody, the first thing he said was, the facts, ma'am, just the facts. The facts, just the facts. As I told you, we have become so great in our nation that even when they give us facts, they're not really facts. They're skewed with every smoke and mirror that they've ever come around with. You can't even trust the information they're putting out because it's all filtered through their smoke and mirrors. The facts that they put out are based according to their facts. But let's talk about the power of God and what is happening here and what Paul is writing. And there are two facts that you must be aware of. And you must be aware that these two facts will bring two results in your life. And that is, your mind is either on the spirit or on the flesh. It is one or the other. Now, listen to what Paul writes. For those who are according to the flesh. I want to take just a moment here to say this. We need to understand God has created us to develop habits in our life. Habits, we often look at such a bad thing because we always talk about bad habits. But God created you so that you could have good things you're doing and be consistent in your life. And those of you who have wondered, why don't I have any power of God in my life? It's because you need to do what God has created you to do. Set your mind on something and create a habit that's healthy. 
Do you hear what I'm saying? If you're constantly filling your life with habits that are bad, you will not experience the power of God in your life. You will be constantly buffeted. You will be depressed. You will be angry. You have got to set your mind on something else. And when Paul uses the term, those who are according. If you set your watch according to something, it's meaning you're setting your life pace by it. Do you hear me? Set your life pace not to the flesh, but to the spirit. Now listen to the results. Says those who have, according to the flesh, set their minds on that, is death. You say, oh, well, I'm, I'm alive. That's what they said in the garden, too. But you don't understand, death is eminent. And it's not just death physically. It's death. Eternal separation from God. The mindset on the flesh is hostile toward God. Do you find that you're, you can't focus on the things of God, that really you don't even enjoy them? That honestly, sometimes the things of God just irritate you. Maybe it's because you need to set your mind on something other than your flesh. If you find you're constantly irritated about the good things and you just, when anything comes up, oh, I just can't believe they're that petty. Maybe you need to have a different mindset. Maybe your mind needs to be altered to set it according to the Spirit of God. I, I have to say, sometimes uh, I get a little uncomfortable in my spirit about those who cannot use Facebook for anything other than garbage. If you've had a bad day, could I just say maybe that everybody doesn't need to hear about it? Set your mind on the things of God. Do all of us have bad days? Yes, I have them. And at that moment, I say, God, help me. Give me some scripture. Help me. Let someone speak life into my life. That I don't constantly look and see everything that is negative. Start filling your mind with the Spirit of God. Then this is what it says. The flesh does not subject itself to God's law, for it is not even able to do so. If you've wondered why you can't fulfill the things of God in your life, maybe you've got your mind set according to the flesh. And you need to break that habit. You need to break it and set a new habit for thinking on the Spirit and living accordingly. Amen? So, as those results tell us the last thing about the flesh, the flesh, two out of three times can please God. No, 
The flesh sometimes can please God. No. The Word of God says the flesh cannot please God. If we are in our flesh, you may be absolutely 100% right about something, but I will tell you, your attitude will be wrong. And it doesn't make it right when your attitude's wrong. We need to set our mind according to the Spirit. And let me just end by saying, it amazes me how we can set our mind to the flesh day after day, literally spending hours of our day, week after week, filling it with the mind of the flesh, and then wonder why when you try to concentrate on the things of God, you really have no joy about them. God is not lacking in his power. So let's talk about what is the reality. What is the reality? Because from time to time, we need to have a reality check. As I said, because in our nation, uh, what are facts and what are reality are two different things. (laughs) So we're going to look at verses 9 through 11. And this is what Paul says the reality is. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, circle that, circle the word in your Bible. If you do not write in your Bible, I want to encourage you to write in your Bible. If you have an electronic one, underline it, highlight it. This little word, if is so important, it's going to be used many times in the next three or four verses. If, indeed, the Spirit of God dwells in you, but if, circle it, underline it, anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. And if, circle it, Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. Verse 11, but if, circle it, the spirit of him. Now, who is he talking about? He's not talking about Jesus there because he's going to speak about Jesus just a word or two later. If the spirit of him... If the Spirit of God is who he's talking about, who raised Jesus from the dead, dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal body. Are you wondering why there is a lack of power in your life? Well, maybe you need to understand that, first of all, it's not on God's part. The Scripture is clear. Revelation 118 talks about that Jesus went down and stripped the enemy of the keys of hell and the grave. There's no question he is at the right hand of God. 
There is no question he is alive forevermore. He is won the war. The war is over. And Jesus has won the war. So it is not a lack of God's power. This is what I find most of the time. Let me talk to you about this stage. Maybe you're in this stage, or maybe you know some people that are in this stage. Power is available, but whatever this cord is supposed to be powering, what are the chances that there's going to be any power moving through this cord to power whatever it is that they're trying to power? What chance? Zero. Nil. None. And let me tell you, there are many in the church in America who have come all around the power of God. They've been in service. They've seen the power of God. They know of God. They know of salvation. They've been close to family members who they've seen have the power of God. They've been in churches where they've experienced the power of God, and yet their cord remains unplugged. Because unless you personally plug in, accept God's gift through His Son, Jesus Christ, there will be no transformational power in your life. You can be as religious as we'd like to, and as you've heard me say, religion will kill you. Religion is a, is a, a tough, tough taskmaster. It will kill you. Unless your plug is plugged in and you have made the decision... You have said, I am going to do this. My life is no longer my own. I've tried it. Sin has left me ravaged. And may I say without here my heart, no animosity, but if you aren't done with your sin, then maybe you ought to go out and live some more in it. Because I find in America, we've made the gospel way too easy. And the Bible says there's a choice to be made. The Bible says, now it's not hard as far as God doing the work, but the hard comes in, you will make a decision. There are many whose cords are all around the power of God. And yet they never experience the power of God because they are not plugged in. And now, also I will tell you, there are scriptures that Paul clearly talks about, about those who have plugged into the power of God and after having plugged in, have shipwrecked their faith. They've pulled the plug on it. 
You say, well, I, I, I thought you said that I'm eternally secure with God. You are. No one can take you out of God's hands. I believe in eternal security in God. But God will not take away your choice that if you still want to walk away from Him, He'll let you do it. Okay? The war is over. The power is there. The reality is that it has nothing to do with the problem of power being available. It's about plugging in. Now here's maybe where some of us are. Instead of not being plugged in. Maybe you've plugged into Jesus. You know He's your Savior. You have Him in your life. But I will tell you, this illustration is so good because it demonstrates many upon many Christians who have power available to their life, but they're waiting God to make them to, to just to say, God, I'm here. If you want to change me, do it. And God says, I've given you the power. Turn it on. Turn it on. You say, even when I come to Christ? You mean when I come to Christ, give him my heart? God just doesn't just move in and do whatever he wants? No! God is not going to possess you. God does not force you to do anything. But if you will say, God, I desire, I want you, and flip the switch, hallelujah, there's power. There's power. There are many, many Christians living in a dark spiritual place because they haven't turned the light on to God's available power. God will not force you. You must flip the switch in faith. It's faith. It's not works. Faith, flip the switch. Faith, step out. Step out by faith. God will meet you there. So that brings us to the last one, the choice. Listen to what it says here in 14, or in 12, I'm sorry. So then, we are under obligation. Now, Paul is talking about those who are in Christ. That's the first thing you need to understand. Okay, so he talked about this if, and that's a question we've already addressed with the plug. If you're not plugged into the power, doesn't matter how bad you want it or how long you hang around someone who's plugged in, you're not plugged in. Okay? But Paul's talking here about those who have plugged in. There's no question. He says, if you plugged in, then... You're no longer under obligation to the flesh. Hallelujah! You are under obligation to the Spirit of God. Thank you, Jesus. Paul says now there is a different obligation. I can't fully describe that process to you, but I can tell you this. When I gave my heart to Jesus... Something different happened in me. I even in hanging around 
for my five or six years, I started going to church at somewhere between 12 and 13. At 18, I gave my heart to the Lord. And all of that time, I never once, going out and living a life of sin, ever wondered what I was doing. I just did what I wanted. And I didn't feel bad about it. But when the Spirit of God was there, all of a sudden, I was under a different obligation. And I'd never felt that before. All of a sudden, it mattered to me whether I was nice to people. And I was like, what is this? All of a sudden, there's a difference. And that's what I mean. You don't get say by osmosis there must be a transformational change when God comes in he takes out your old heart he puts in a new heart and he puts his spirit in you and if there is never any fruit of God's spirit in your life then you need to ask God am I plugged in So then it says, we're doing one or two things. It says we are even being living. Look at verse 13. If you are living according to the flesh. Now living means you're setting your life to it. Living means you're actively, just willfully going along with everything. You say, well, Pastor Brian, what is the difference between that and, and struggling? You mean tell me that you've never struggled after that time of now having uh, uh, had Christ in your heart? Oh, man, no. I know, as Paul writes in Romans, nothing good dwells in me. That is, in my sinful nature. And Paul then, in, further in chapter 7, describes... The, the, the war between the flesh and the spirit. And he says, I don't understand. The things I want to do, I sometimes find myself not doing. And the things I want to do, I don't do. And I hate it, Paul says. I hate it. See, before, before Christ, I never hated it. It was just like, that's the way it is. That's life. Get over it. All of a sudden, now I care. So you are either living according or, the scripture says, but if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. You will live. If by when, how do I know that something's changed? Because when I sin, I'm grieved. When I do something that, that mars my Lord, my heart hurts. And I say, Lord, rescue me from this body of death. Praise the Lord. All of us are in that struggle. But it is a difference between that and living according to my flesh. 
God wants us to be in the state of putting to death those things. How? By the Spirit of God, He'll speak to you. If, in fact, the Spirit of God lives in you. Because it says that everyone who has the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And in verse 14, they are led by God. You will hear His still small voice speak to you. He will speak to you. And if you've never had the Spirit of the Lord speak to you, I encourage you to do something my father-in-law asked me to do years and years ago, before I even married Jill. He said, do you ever ask God, just if you're struggling with something, just invite the Holy Spirit into your conversation. Holy Spirit, what do you think about what I'm doing right now? What do you think about my attitude? What do you think I ought to be doing? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's not like he's there with me, is he? He sure is. And if you'll invite him, that's flipping the power switch. But if you just say, well, I've received Jesus. Now I'm going to go live my life. You'll remain in the dark. You'll remain in the dark. Joshua 24.15 says this. If it's disagreeable for you to serve the Lord, then go back to the gods you served before. Whatever it was. All the gods of this world. All the sin. If, if serving God is undesirable to you, Joshua says, make the choice and go. Now you say, wow, Pastor Brian, why are you saying that? Because God's interested in disciples, not numbers. Numbers are important to God if they're true followers and disciples. But in our country, I have found that all we want to do is look good with smoke and mirrors. God wants the reality of His Spirit in us. God wants the reality of Christ in our hearts. God wants us to be transformed by His power. So there's a choice to make. Joshua says, choose this day who you're going to serve. Jesus puts it this way. And for all of those who said, you know, Jesus, he, all he talks about is, is...
and members of your own family will be your enemy. Why? Because when you decide to follow Jesus, it irritates people. <laughs> and I'm telling you, if you don't believe the, the, the name of Jesus still has power, then, then you need to start truly as a believer. And I'm not talking about being obnoxious, please. But I think we become way too comfortable to give in to political correctness. I believe it's time for us to be uh, okay with mentioning the name of Jesus since he is our Lord and Savior. It's like the girl that was praying in one of these reality TV shows. And she happened to say, as they were praying, standing in a circle, in the name of Jesus. And this girl that was standing next to her threw her hand down and said, I knew it! I knew you were going to bring up his name. Wow. Like all hell broke loose. Literally, there's power in the name of Jesus. You can talk to people about God, about spiritual things. They don't care. But when you bring it down to the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who's come in the flesh, who died on a cross, who was dead and rose again on the third day, victorious at the right hand of God, they don't like it. But it's true. It's reality. And we need to not be ashamed of the name of Jesus Christ. But Jesus does say that it's going to bring you to a choice. And understand, the choices aren't like this, like, you know, both of them going kind of, sort of. They're like this. This is why people are upset, because it's not a decision where, that's ah, okay, you know. I'm, I really, truly, I don't get hung up on denominations. I want to know whether they're Christ followers. I want to know whether they have the Spirit of God in there. That's all that matters. But I understand this. Spiritually speaking, the two paths are entirely different. They don't ever intersect again. That's how different they are. That's why there is a division. That's why verses 12 through 14, he says there's an obligation which means there's a choice to be made. And if the Spirit of God is living in you, then praise God, the power is available. Flip the switch. And I got other good news. If you're here and you say, I don't know if I'm plugged in, plug in right now and never be worried about it again. Bow your head with me.